Poetry, Anxiety and Vulnerability. This is the Anxious Poets Podcast. Under the skin of a long day. The phone rings. The list grows. The fluorescent light flickers over the ruthless screen, eating time. The traffic is heavier than I hoped. The hospital queue stretches into a future, prickling with uncertainty. Please say she passed, and that one of the layers of worry that I wear can be shed like an old skin. When will the news be good, instead of this constant bracing against the gusts of austerity? And then there is the old enemy the tightening of the knot that was once a stomach, the scars of anxiety's track marks. Then I see the liver-spotted hand reaching across the tubes and wires, assuaging fear with 50 years of love. 24 hours in A&E, just TV to take me to sleep, to soften the sore muscles of uphill stone wrangling. I don't want you to leave me, says one octogenarian to another. Life is nothing without you. My hand reaches across the sofa to the one that took mine at an altar. One squeeze is balm to my stress. We are a home to each other, a shelter, a respite, a redoubt sensed under the skin of a long day. This is the Anxious Poets Podcast. Under the skin of a long day. The phone rings, the list grows, the fluorescent light flickers over the ruthless screen eating time. The traffic is heavier than I hoped. The hospital queue stretches into a future prickling with uncertainty. Please say she passed and that one of the layers of worry that I wear can be shed like an old skin. When will the news be good instead of this constant bracing against the gusts of austerity? And then there is the old enemy, the tightening of the knot that was once a stomach, the scars of anxiety's track marks, Then I see the liver-spotted hand reaching across the tubes and wires, assuaging fear with 50 years of love. 24 hours in A&E, just TV to take me to sleep, to soften the sore muscles of uphill stone wrangling. I don't want you to leave me, says one octogenarian to another. Life is nothing without you. My hand reaches across the sofa to the one that took mine at an altar. One squeeze is balm to my stress. We are a home to each other, a shelter, a respite, a redoubt, sensed under the skin of a long day.
I wrote this poem at the request of um, an old friend of mine called Daniel O'Leary. Some of you will have known him. He was a, a priest um, and a writer. He wrote for the Catholic periodical, The Tablet, very often on spirituality. And he wrote lots of books, the last of which was um, Dancing to My Death with a Love Called Cancer. Um, he was an extraordinary man and he put together some books of uh, reflections and poems over the years and uh, he asked me to contribute to one and he asked me to write they were in alphabetical order the titles and they were moving from one thing to another um, and I can't remember what this was what move it was from where to where but it was something to do with moving from from worry to uh, to reassurance and so I had to write these pieces quickly he was on a deadline and I was thinking about the things that worry me my anxieties of which there have always been many and what soothes me and certainly during the period when I was very anxious at night in the evening before I went to bed certain forms of television would be a real balm and one of them at the time weirdly I know was watching the Channel 4 program 24 hours in A&E which you may think wow how on earth was that soothing people in extremity people who'd had accidents, people who were suddenly very ill. But what shines through the programme is, to coin an old phrase, the milk of human kindness. The extraordinary generosity of strangers, the, the absolute love that the staff would lavish on the patients that came into their care it's an amazing testament to the wonder of the NHS this thing that was dreamed up in the 1940s after the war by Attlee's government which is the shining jewel in the crown of the United Kingdom as far as I'm concerned the fantastic uh, opening ceremony of the Olympics in London in 2012 had its centerpiece the NHS and I just started to reflect in this poem about what it is that soothes my anxiety and the beginning of the poem the phone rings I remember one of the best things I've ever read was um, from The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. I, I, I didn't like a lot of the book, but he makes this amazing point that some things are urgent but not important. And some things are important but not urgent. And the ringing of a phone is definitely urgent, but often unimportant. But it's so difficult to ignore. It's so difficult to think, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to rush to answer that. Or the, the ding of a text or an email. 
the urgency of the world that we live in trying to catch our attention the list grows the fluorescent light flickers over the ruthless screen eating time i've never found a contraption that eats time like computers especially when they go wrong the traffic is heavier than i hoped the hospital queue stretches into a future prickling with uncertainty you know i've just come back from the gp now had a blood test and you know i mean hopefully it's nothing serious but there's always that uh, prickle of uncertainty about hospital visits and and all of that and i sort of in the poem raised that issue right early on please say she passed that one of the layers of worry that i wear can be shed like an old skin one of the big worries that a lot of us carry is our children um Somebody once said to me, you're only as happy as your least happy child, and I've got three. And I thought, kill me now, kill me now, because there'll always be something to make them unhappy. There's always something to make me unhappy. Um, so I'm not sure of the wisdom of that aphorism. Um, I think you're only as happy as you choose to be. Now, I don't mean by that that you need some sort of Pollyanna-ish approach to life, but I think what I've learned from my anxiety and the urgency sometimes of it is I have to step back. I have to step back. I have to allow these things to be what they are and that, that they will always be there. There will always be things to worry about. When will the news be good instead of this constant bracing against the gusts of austerity? This was written at, just at the end of austerity, uh, so-called, in this country. And I've realised that I remember walking the dogs one day and it was really windy up on the tops and I was bracing myself against the wind and I thought, wow, that's how I walk, that's how I live. Braced against the next gust of austerity of anxiety and it's not a great way to live and i've said many times there are lots of curatives that we that we can build into our lives that allow us to not just live braced all the time it's not good for us we have to allow i remember doing tai chi and he was saying let everything sink let all the tension flow out of you sink through your feet and into the floor so i'm trying in this poem to recognize that bracing and to let it go and then there is the old enemy the tightening of the knot that was once a stomach the scars of anxiety's track marks old anxieties just rear their heads and feel urgent and then i transition to watching the actual program then I see the liver-spotted hand reaching across the tubes and wires, assuaging fear with 50 years of love. There was an 80-year-old couple. They'd never been apart, uh, and she was ill, uh, very ill. And, and he reaches across, and you know the way my hands are getting that way, the liver spots, the, your hand just looks old. And there was so much poignancy in his reaching for her, it was so beautiful, the 50 years of love. 
And then I say, 24 hours in A&E, just TV to take me to sleep. It's a curative for me, some of programmes like that. There's certain creative programmes that just are soothing. They, they take you to another place and allow you to soften. To soften the sore muscles of uphill stone wrangling referencing that myth of Sisyphus who pushed a stone up to the top of a hill every night and every morning it was down at the bottom and he had to do it again and that's what life can feel like um, but the there are things that soften the sore muscles of uphill stone wrangling poetry can be one these kind of podcasts people's voices that bring your attention to the better angels that that inhabit our world. I don't want you to leave me, says one octogenarian to another. Wow. Life is nothing without you. And you know she is going to leave him. And life won't be the same for him ever again. But the comfort of relationships, of long-term relationships, has a lot to be said for it. Friendships, marriages, partnerships, acquaintances that become long-term correspondence, even by email, FaceTime, Zoom. These relationships soothe us. I have two friends, Graham and Helen. I knew Helen, I've known Helen since I was four years old. We were at school together. And Graham, since I went to secondary school and they, they got married in our, uh, when we reached our 20s. And, you know, it's not, not always been easy, but we still maintain that friendship. And it, when when my mother died... The first person on my doorstep after my uncle and auntie was Helen. Just standing there saying, I just wanted to see you. And it was so unbelievably kind and, and touched me so deeply. These are curative things. My hand reaches across the sofa to the one that took mine at an altar, to my wife, Wilma. One squeeze is balm to my stress. We are a home to each other, a shelter, a respite, a redoubt, sensed, sensed, sensed under the skin of a long day. These relationships that we build, and I would add to that animals with our cats and dogs my son has a tortoise i know that sounds trite but the love of animals and the relationship we build with them is without doubt to me a shelter a respite a redoubt and there's a willingness there's an invitation a demand in relationships not that I just look for a shelter a respite 
under a doubt, but that I work to become a shelter, a respite, a redoubt. It works both ways, as they say. How do I manage all the things that the first part of the poem talks about in a way that keeps my head enough above water to help someone else do those things, to be there for someone else, to be that shelter, that respite, a redoubt to someone else. I really believe that we have that capacity, that resilience within us. If my breakdowns and my anxiety teaches me anything, it teaches me that there is a wellspring inside me. There is a constancy in me, I say in another poem, not my own. It comes from some deep place that allows me, with all the problems that I experience in my life, to be that for someone else. To trust in that capacity within myself and within other people, that there will always be that capacity in human beings even in people we've never met before, like the couple in the hospital and the staff around them. They were a shelter, a respite and a redoubt to each other and found that in the kindness of strangers. Under the skin of a long day. The phone rings, the list grows, the fluorescent light flickers over the ruthless screen, eating time. The traffic is heavier than I hoped. The hospital queue stretches into a future prickling with uncertainty. Please say she passed and that one of the layers of worry that I wear can be shed like an old skin. When will the news be good? instead of this constant bracing against the gusts of austerity. And there is the old enemy, the tightening of the knot that was once a stomach, the scars of anxiety's track marks. Then I see the liver-spotted hand reaching across the tubes and wires, assuaging fear with fifty years of love. Twenty-four hours in A&E, just tw TV to take me to sleep, to soften the sore muscles of uphill stone wrangling. I don't want you to leave me, says one octogenarian to another. Life is nothing without you. My hand reaches across the sofa to the one that took mine at an altar. One squeeze is balm to my stress. We are a home to each other, a shelter, a respite. A redoubt, sensed under the skin of a long day. Poetry, anxiety and vulnerability. This is the Anxious Poets Podcast.